Hello, welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, and human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now, here's your host, two-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kosowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we talk about leadership, business, and human potential. And today, I am really excited to have someone local from our community sharing some leadership and business tips with you and what it takes to become a successful entrepreneur. Jerry Bingham is a president and CEO of Connect Connect Foods, Inc., and he graduated from U of A with a BA in economics, held senior positions in economic development and planning in both Alberta and Saskatchewan governments, established economic development consulting firm that owned and managed a variety of companies, including an auto dealership, GMC, trucking company, graphic arts manufacturing operation, furniture manufacturing, and architectural signage company. Founder, director, and president of West Can Malting in Alex, Alberta, now Raw Malting, one of the largest maltings in the world. Founder, director, and president of CPRO Developments, a specialty oat processing plant with products for cosmetic, pharmaceutical, human, and animal health, and took the company public in 1997. Acquired interest in Connecticut Foods in 1998 a local Edmonton gluten-free specialty food manufacturer, and acquired the remainder of Connect Connect Foods in 2005. This business is one of the largest gluten-free food manufacturers in North America, with new markets developing overseas. Company produces a broad range of bakery products that are all gluten-free, dairy-free, sesame-free, soy-free, peanut-free, and tree-free. The company operates one of the largest free-form food allergy operations in the world from two plants in Edmonton totaling 150,000 square feet. Wow! Board member of Alberta Food Processors since 1999, a board member of the Edmonton Agricultural CEO Club, board member for the Food Processing Logistics, and chairman of the Alberta Food Processors from 2005 to 2009, and also honored with and recipient of Queen Elizabeth Golden Jubilee Medal. Welcome to the show, Jerry. Thanks, Deborah. It's nice to be here. Thank you for coming. Tell us about how Connect Connect started. Well, Connect Connect is uh, one of those uh, really interesting sort of rags to riches story. I wouldn't say riches, but rags to, to, to a very small start. They, in, um, in Edmonton, uh, starting in 1991, uh, Ted Wolf and his wife, Gudrun von Salzum, uh, were looking for something to keep them busy, some, a business to generate. And so they started producing gluten-free food for the farmer's market. And uh, they made some of the worst possible food you could imagine uh, in those days, because in those days, gluten-free was uh, really almost, uh, almost unheard of. There's almost no production facilities and the food quality was terrible. But between the two of them, they actually started making some, some decent food. And uh, my wife is celiac. 
And so we got to know Ted and Gudrun from the, had a, he had a retail store and a small production plant on the south side. And so we got to meet him at the store and sometime down the road about 1998, he'd been, uh, we'd been talking for years about how we might get together and expand the business a little bit. Uh, and in, uh, in 1997, I took uh, one of the co companies public, the Seapro uh, Developments, and uh, decided to retire. And then Ted finally convinced me that we should get together. And that became the start of the expansion of, uh, of uh, Kinnikinick Foods. And uh, so that was, uh, it was really a, a very small start. When I joined Ted, we, he had a, his operation, uh, supplied the local market, a little bit of Western Canada, but that was it. And we, um, it was kind of interesting. Uh, we bought into the company, we bought half the company uh, in 98, I guess it was. And uh, shortly after, uh, getting involved uh, with with uh, Gudrun and Ted, uh, my son came up to me and he said, have you ever heard of the internet? And I said, well, yeah, I've heard something about it, but you have to appreciate 98, the internet was really, really uh, relatively unknown. And he said, you know, I think we might be able to do something on the internet with gluten-free food. And that became the start of what I would call the international or the expansion of the company by using, we became the first uh, company, uh, the first food company to put food on the web. In those days, nobody, to put perishable food on the web, I should say. So the challenge we faced was, we made some decent gluten-free food, uh, uh, some breads and some buns, and how do you get perishable products to people in Canada at that time? Uh, outside of Edmonton. And to make a long story short, after some false starts, we managed to come up with a air shipping system uh, using uh, the courier companies. And we started supplying uh, fresh baked products overnight anywhere in Canada. Uh, and we could ship it uh, because it was overnight, we could ship perishable products overnight. Uh, so that was the start of the idea that uh, yeah we can uh, we can do something with the internet and then of course we thought that uh, well this isn't too this isn't that difficult uh, in Canada can we do this in the U.S. as well so the next thing you know we just expanded it to the uh, to the U.S. market and we started supplying people that had celiac disease all over North America and that sounds simple but it was a little more complicated than that. Yeah, it sounds like it took a lot of out-of-the-box thinking. Yes, it did. At that time, we were supplying uh, uh, products to people anywhere in North America overnight, $10 a shipment. That totally unheard of, impossible to do, but that's what we started at. And we still run that program even today. We have, a, we have an internet business that still supplies many people throughout North America, especially people that can't find products, maybe in the rural areas or where we don't carry products or we don't have products listed. So we still run our internet program. It's a very small portion of our business today, but it's still an important portion. Do you have a minimum of what they need to spend? Well, it's funny. Uh, this is our 25th year uh, anniversary this year. So we uh, established a new program this year and it will be continuing. And it is a, if you buy $50 worth of uh, bakery products from us, it's free shipping anywhere overnight in North America. Except if you're the Yukon, then it's a $100 shipment and then free shipping. 
but uh, <laughs> yes, it's a little more expensive going to some parts of Canada. Yeah, but still but, to uh, have access to that. Sorry? Still to have access to something that you wouldn't think that would be possible. Well, that's true. And uh, many, many people, especially that still order on the web, it's because they maybe live in a small center and they can't find gluten-free food. They've got to drive into a major center to find it. Sit down Friday night, fill in an order form, and, and uh, next uh, Wednesday, Thursday, it shows up at your door. So still a very, very important program for many people. So when your son came to you with this idea, how open and receptive were you to it initially? Uh, I suppose you'd have to say I was intrigued. I think that would be the best description. Uh, the concept was, uh, was uh, brand new. And of course, the big issue was, uh, well, it's nice to think about getting uh, products shipped to people all over North America, but the costs of that are, are really, really uh, high. You know, air shipping. Uh, today, as well as then, it's extremely expensive. So the question is, how do you, uh, how do you uh, figure out a way around that? And we were fortunate in getting a couple of the courier companies who basically said, you know, there's some, there's some, uh, maybe there's some really good business in here if it expands and if it grows. And basically, we, I guess you'd have to say they bought into it. And that's, that was a partnership between ourselves and the courier companies to, uh, to actually get, get, the, uh, get the program to work properly. So did you find it challenging to create that vision for the courier companies to see what you potentially were growing to? I, I'd say so. Uh, we had one fellow um, in one of the companies who had, I guess, as much. He was intrigued by the concept as much as we were. And he went to bat for us in his head office. And this was a big gamble. Uh, but fortunately, within a very short period of time, we started to get uh, a lot, you know, quite a few orders on the web. And so they began to see, you know, this has more, uh, more importance, perhaps, than, than we ever thought. And so that became uh, both, uh, it became a much stronger interest for the companies as well. Yeah, and fast forward all these years forward, if you were to bring out the same idea now, it would be like a no-brainer. People would be like, of course, why not? It's kind of ironic because we use the internet to grow our business. We grew it 40, 50% a year for many years. And then what happened is um, the our customers started going into retail stores wherever they were in Georgia and Mississippi and California, anywhere. Ontario, and asking stores, how do I get to Nick products? And the next thing we know is that we started getting calls from distributors, people that handle distribution of food to variety of stores. And they basically said, you know, you're the most requested product that we don't carry. How do we get you into our distribution system? And uh, that that was, a, you know, that's really the, a, a case of the brand pulling you know, pulling the uh, the success in the industry, and so today uh, we have we supply uh, sixty five warehouses, or I guess it's over seventy now, in North America with about fifteen thousand stores that carry our products. So wow. that kind of uh, personal brand or branding has kind of driven the brand for for, for many years. Yeah.
And I know when I was reading a little bit about the history, connect, connect, you know, there's a the thought of when you're thinking of a brand to, should we, should we change the name? But it is memorable. Well, it, it was interesting because uh, I had done quite a bit of work overseas in a previous life in terms of other business. And one of the big concerns that you had was when you translate a name or products into another language, you often get really bad uh, you know, representations, you know, like, so when we looked at uh, modernizing the Kinnikinnik name at the time that I joined, um, we looked at the, the, that idea saying, well, you know, brand recognition is really important. And um, nobody can spell it, you know, and, few pe and a lot of people can't even say it, but they remember it. And so that was one of the reasons, and, and uh, in, in other countries, nobody has been even trying to translate it because it's impossible to translate. So uh, we, we were looking at, you know, companies like Nestle, nobody is going to change Nestle's in terms of translation. So we decided that we would keep the name, and it's been very good because in the last, oh, I suppose 10 years, there's many, many gluten-free companies that have entered the market you know, gluten-free this, gluten-free that, but there's one connecting and it's a, it's a name that's hard to spell and hard to find, but go on the web and put in K-I-N and you'll find it uh, in the search engine. So it's, it's worked very well for product differentiation or for brand differentiation. So what made you decide it was the right time to scale the business? It was really driven by, uh, by the demand. Uh, for example, the internet was key. It was really, uh, and, and the, the uh, growth of, the, of our business based on referrals and, and people going on the web looking for gluten-free, it, it was a really good, strong marketing program. And then at some point, uh, we got a lot of people coming to us saying, you know, we have, uh, uh, it was the autistic parents uh, uh, organizations. Uh, we, Gluten-free is great, but we would like gluten-free dairy-free uh, because we we believe there's some theories out there that if you have if you if you uh, eliminate both of those products from uh, kids with autism with autistic uh, autistic spectrum disorders, that it makes a significant change. So uh, for them, we started based on a request from our customers. We started making gluten-free and then a special line of dairy-free. So we, at one time we had gluten-free products, then we had gluten-free dairy-free products. And at some point we said, let's just make everything gluten-free dairy-free. So then that, that anybody that has either celiac or autistic kids can go uh, and can use the same products. And that was quite a bump. We had quite a bit of people, quite a few uh, autistic parents that uh, all of a sudden became customers, uh, more, more than just simply celiacs. And, I must say that some of the stories we got in those days of the heartwarming stories about kids going on to a gluten-free, dairy-free diet were just unbelievably positive. Wow. And, you know, and we had, uh, you know, customers. I mean, uh, we used to tell our uh, order desk people that would take orders on the web, you have to be prepared for people, when they phone you, they're going to be crying all the time because it's the first time in their life they've had decent food. And that was just, a, for many years, that was a, the kind of response you got because it was so hard to get good gluten-free food. And, uh, and even today, I get uh, dozens and dozens of emails from people saying, thank you so much for your food. And 
uh, my life has been changed, and you know it's it's pretty heartwarming to get that kind of. You know, if you're in a you're in a manufacturing company in a business, to have that kind of response from your customers is is about as special as it gets. What I really appreciate, Jerry, is that you truly listen to your customers' needs, and seeing that there was opportunity to, you could have just said, you know, we we just do gluten free versus looking at it as an opportunity. Well, why don't we try it? Let's, let's do a little bit of dairy-free, gluten-free, and see what happens. That's, yes, I think that's one of the strengths of the company. I think we've always, because of the internet, we've had this direct connection with customers, even today, where people will, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? I can't, I can't find this. Can you help us? So actually, we've extended that because we, we started with gluten-free, then it became gluten-free, dairy-free. And then we had lots of people say to us, could you do peanut-free? Because, of course, that is a huge problem for, yeah. for some families. So we, uh, we went peanut-free. And then what about tree nut-free? Okay, so now we went tree nut-free. And then we have recently became sesame-free. Yeah. And finally, as of uh, the new packaging that's coming out in the new year, we'll finally be soy-free. So we will be free of all allergens except eggs. And it's been driven by our customers who really say, you know, I mean, uh, one of the special deals is with kids with peanut allergies. You know, that's really a problem for them to get specialty food. And even if they're not gluten-free or dairy-free, they can buy our products because they're totally uh, guaranteed food safe. Yeah. So that really sets you apart. You're having all these allergens and anti-inflammatory because there's a lot of promotions right now with different diets that people are talking about removing a lot of these items from their diets because of inflammation versus an allergy as well. Well, it's, it's true. And the inter one of the other interesting parts of our business is because we started with health food stores, they were our first customers many years ago. We come from that kind of the health food background. So for example, we've never used um, trans fats, always been free of trans fats. We don't have any preservatives. We've always been free of preservatives. No artificial colors, no artificial flavors. And that's been a way of trying to keep, let's call it a clean label, as healthy as we possibly can. And in the past year, two years, I guess, we've now gone to non-GMO ingredients, uh, which is another layer of, uh, let's call it food preference. Um, so not only are we free from all the allergens, but we're also free from some of these other additives, which one wonders if they are, you know, if, if, uh, whether people should have them in their diets, things like, well, of course, trans fats are being gradually eliminated. We, we've been trans fat free for 20 years and, uh, no preservatives, same period of time. Fascinating. Fascinating. So what has been your greatest lesson as a business owner? Well, uh, the change is inevitable, that, that if, you, if you're not prepared for change, that you'll be left behind, uh, that, that uh, operating a successful international business is really difficult, and the, uh, you, it's a critical that you, you lead in uh, innovation, you pioneer products, you build a brand that has special characteristics. So for example, in our case, um, we have our own lab. We've had our own labs for many years and we test every ingredient that comes into the plant for these allergens. We used to test just for gluten, but now we test for all of these allergens. 
So if you have a significant allergen problem, uh, you'll know that any food you buy from us is, is uh, the safest possible food you can buy literally anywhere in the world. There may be other companies that are as safe as we are, but nobody's safe. We have the safest food that you can actually prepare in the bakery side for these allergen situations. Wow. I'm, I'm really excited because our listeners are from all over the world. We have lots throughout North America. So for those who are listening to this, to go, I, I will put in the link for Connect Connect Foods so that you can have an opportunity to check out what's available to you and uh, that there's shipping and to know that there's that safety uh, really coming from that health background. Jerry, what is one of your personal mottos that you live by? Uh, I suppose the one that strikes me more than anything is that uh, uh, is, is never having to say if only. I think that's probably sums up an awful lot of, of what we've accomplished over the years. It's, uh, it really basically r relates to the fact that uh, we, we're very open about, well, if only we'd done that, we would have done, we would have been better. Or if we only we'd done that, we would, you know, we would improve something. I think we've really tried to be very rigorous in implementing that kind of an idea that you need to be innovative, you need to be creative, you need to listen to people. And at, at the end of the day, you don't have to look back and say, if only I'd done that, we would have, we would have had a better operation. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't uh, had a tour, but I, I would like to have a tour sometime of Connect, Connect Foods. And um, I'm just curious, the engagement of the, your people, they must be excited to be part of such a big vision. We take a great deal of pride in that. Uh, one of the things that, uh, uh, of course, my wife is celiac, and, and, and she's been in the company for many years. Uh, she was, uh, has always been one of our uh, biggest critics. Uh, I can't get a product out of product development unless it meets her very, very stringent standards. And of course, I have uh, grandkids that are celiac and I have nieces and nephews that are celiac. So for us, that's a huge part of why we do what we do. If this is something that we're, uh, we're committed to just because of the fact that I want my family to have, you know, major good food, safe food, nutritious food, all those kinds of things. Um, but um, uh, that whole uh, idea of uh, continuing to try to be the best in the business, I guess, is the way to do it. Uh, we've had that kind of pressure. And one of the things that she implemented uh, years ago was that we have birthday parties every uh, couple of months for, for staff. You know, we have a little celebration at the lunch. And one of the things that we bring to the, or she brings to the meetings are uh, testimonials, I guess you'd call them for customers. And she enjoys reading those out to, to you know, to, to, to all of our staff saying, you know, this is what you get. You know, you get a, you get a, a, a greeting card from a kids at a kid's camp that we've supplied them with gluten-free food and for pancakes and waffles and, you know, that type of thing. And it's been such a great experience. Or you get, uh, greeting cards, cards mailed to us from seven-year-olds, you know, that, and thanking them for, or thanking us for what, the, what we've done. Or you get, well, I have one on my desk right now from, it's got to be a little old lady who's got to be 80 years old. Her writing is about as scrawly as you can imagine, but saying thank you so much for, 
for what you do. Now those all go to our staff. They, we let them know, and, and yes, I, I think it's an absolute uh, positive to be able to tell your people that you make a difference. The food you're making is really actually making a difference. You're making a product that has a huge impact on whether it's autistic kids or people with allergens or, or whatever. So uh, I think that's one of the reasons uh, we have 160 people in the company. Uh, and I believe the last, the last number was we have 75% of those, or 70 or 75% have been with us for more than five years, which in Alberta is quite an achievement because Alberta's economy has been quite a roller coaster for, for many years. So what do you think is the secret to your leadership? Well, I think uh, being sensitive to what people are looking for. I think we've always been open to listening to customers. Uh, we ha I have a great team who also same kind of mind frame is that uh, we attend, uh, for example, every year we'll go to um, consumer shows. And every year we'll probably talk to 50,000 consumers at these shows. There's about 10 shows, 5,000, 6,000 people. And we sample products and we get their feedback. Um, and so I think that's probably one of the most important things. And the other thing is that we enjoy innovation uh, growing our business, doing unique things. We like doing hard things, uh, which mean that it's difficult for our competition to do. So uh, we do a lot of things that uh, are, are, well, that are difficult to do and, and make really good products. Well, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it, right? <laughs> so what habits have you put in place personally to ensure success? Habits? Oh. I suppose uh, the biggest one is you treat your people well, you listen to what they say, you listen to your customers. Um, and then of course there's the whole business issue, which means dealing with bankers and retailers and distributors. And so that's a totally different uh, mindset in terms of the kind of contact you have. I guess what you need to be is you have to be quite strategic We've got consumers we listen to, we have retailers we have to deal with. So I have people who kind of deal in those areas separately and are very good at it. And I guess my main job is to pull all those ideas together and try to figure out what makes sense for the coming six months, coming nine months. And, and that's always a big challenge. Where, where, do you, where do we go next? And I, I might say um, one of the biggest problems that we have to come, uh, contend with is that in the past, uh, say, six, seven years, the gluten-free industry used to be family-run. It was mainly started by people who had family members. Or, and today, uh, we're about the last family company. There's maybe one or two others left. The rest have all been bought by, and we call them the big elephants. And they bring huge amounts of uh, resources to the gluten-free industry, which, is really, which really makes the, the business quite... It's not as, not as enjoyable as it used to be when, every, when everything was family run. We all knew each other. We all were striving for the same goals. Today, that's changed dramatically. Yeah. So if you were to start your business all over again, what advice would you give yourself? Uh, probably uh, be rich. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, uh, the, we were fortunate with our business model to be able to grow from an Edmonton-based, small company, community-based, 
in, in Western Canada, then into Canada, then into the U.S. Uh, you can't, it's, it's very difficult to, to see that business model today. Uh, it's, it, it, takes, uh, it takes a lot of cash to do the kinds of things that we've accomplished. So uh, it's, uh, it's one of the, uh, I guess, disconcerting things that I look at is that for new people, I was on the phone this morning with a, a fellow who told me about um, he's an entrepreneur and he'd like to build his business. And, you know, when you talk to him about the difficulties of moving forward and, and getting into the food industry, it's, it's, uh, it's really too bad in many ways that the, the conditions have gotten so much more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. But you seem to be a person who rises to the challenge. Yes, well, you must. If you don't, you, you, I wouldn't be around. I can tell you that. Uh, <laughs> when we've had, uh, you know, every time we, we put a new product in the market for many years, our competitors had the same product within a year. And that's been a bit of the history of, 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 the, of, the, of, of our company is you innovate, you get copied. I mean, I guess that's, I guess that's a, a form of, uh, of uh, accolade, I suppose, but yeah. nice that they didn't, but, but, but that's exactly what happened, and uh, it makes it today a much more difficult task to, to to have the kind of development process that we did. Now there are still good opportunities on the internet, and I, I really advise people if you're going to, as an entrepreneur, think about trying to build something. Then the internet's something you have to look at. It's a, it's an area where you can go to customers, you can get people, uh, you know, to understand what you're doing, and perhaps generate some interest, some, uh, and in a sense, build a brand. Yeah, absolutely. So we were talking about books before we came on to the interview, and you, you're an avid reader, and I know that that's part of the success of many individuals that I interview. Is there a book that stands out for you when you think of your, your business growth and facing challenges today? Well, I, you know, it's, it's funny. I read a lot of books. And, uh, and one of the books, well, it's not even a book, it's a series of books. It's the it's, uh, books that Winston Churchill wrote after the war. The reason I mention that is that it was, if you ever want to talk about a, 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 you know, adversity and how to deal with adversity and how to work your way through it, that's quite, a, that's quite an extended program. Uh, other books, I've read all kinds of business books and fiction and so on. My only problem is I read so many, I have a hard time keeping the titles and the authors straight. Uh, so I just finished reading a, a book the other day called The Wheat Belly, which is an interesting book on celiac disease. Uh, you know, it's a position that's, you know, that's out there that might be a little extreme, but those are interesting types of books to read as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it has to do with a lot of diversity because it gives you a well-rounded perspective of what's face facing people today. Well, it's true, uh, but the other issue too is that you do it for I do it for enjoyment. I mean, you you get consumed by your business. You know, it's a family company business. Uh, you it's with you all the time. You never leave it at the office. You know, you're away on the weekends. You're you're still thinking. You know, this is a new product, or you're in a store and you say maybe I should think about that. You it's hard to get away. So I like to I like to read a little bit of fiction. What advice would you give to a new entrepreneur facing um, starting a business and not exactly sure what they're going to do next? And um, what would you say to them? Well, I, I, two things. I, 
I've done quite a bit of work with the Food Processors Association in Alberta over the years. And, well, I guess the mantra I give to new entrepreneurs has to be, you have to be unique. You have to come up with something that is hard to copy uh, in the food industry, which is where I am, obviously. When you make a new product, which may be the very best thing since sliced bread, uh, what do you do? You, uh, you immediately put on your label what's in it. So it becomes very easy to copy. If it's a good idea, it'll get copied by other people. So the critical element is you'd have to look for, for some unique products, that, uh, and preferably something that has uh, maybe a process that's uh, difficult to duplicate or it's a black box that you don't tell anybody how you make it type of thing. Um, and then the, other, the second part of that is it is really difficult to start a business from scratch. Uh, the costs of setting up production facilities and logistics programs. and uh, So you have to figure out a way to build a brand. You, if you can't build a brand, you'll never grow your product. And so how do you build a brand? Well, maybe you do it on the web. There are still avenues on the web where you can uh, build your, you know, build a brand from that, uh, from that starting point. Uh, people that have, Many entrepreneurs start at the farmer's market. You know, everybody still does it all over North America and all over everywhere. But graduating from a small farmer's market to a provincial or state level to then going on uh, is, is a very ex difficult task. And, and all I can recommend is be unique and build a brand. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. So many golden nuggets for our listeners. Um, facing adversity, building the brand, really what makes you unique, standing out in the marketplace, and how to also get into the place when you know the timing's right to scale a business. I want to thank you so much for your time today, Jerry. And for our listeners, I'm going to put the link in, in the bio with Jerry's information so that you can go and check out what is available and what makes this company so special. And uh, as... We talk about leadership, business, and human potential all the time here on the Millionaire Woman Show. And it's really about helping you using these principles to live your life rich from the inside to the outside. Because you have to have the mindset right to explore opportunities and possibilities and be open and receptive to what you can create. Because like Jerry said, you want to do something that you can't just easily duplicate. So as Mohammed Gandhi said, be the change you wish to be in the world. And my wish for you is to go out and make today great as always. Go over to my website at www.debrakazowski.com to learn more about how I can help serve you in coaching, speaking, or through my latest book called Let's Be Curious that you can find on Amazon and also will be in Audrey's and Cross Iron Mills locally in Alberta. Have a great day, everyone.